Do you believe in your business and want it to grow quicker? Make more sales, scale the business? <laughs> yeah, me too. I just love helping women in business and I want your business to be the best it can possibly be. You can expect truthful accounts of the highs and lows of business, struggles, traumas, epic highlights and priceless moments. I'll be sharing how this busy mum scaled a business from a local class in a village hall to 60 franchisees internationally. So let's get started. I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Hello and a happy new year to everybody who is listening. This is my first episode of the new year and we find ourselves back in a lockdown. Um, When I started this podcast back in April, May last year, we were in the first lockdown and we (laughs) seemed to be back there. And I wanted to fill everybody with positivity and hope and ideas that you can still create sales. Your business can thrive in this time. And this is exactly what we want to do. We want to be thriving and not just surviving. So look for the opportunity, look for the positives, and you can totally do this. I hope you enjoy this episode with me and Meg Randall Green, where we discuss sales and why we love sales so much and um, give you tips and ideas on how to create more sales. So here you go. Hello, everybody. I have got Meg Roundall Green with me today, who is a sales coach for mumpreneurs, a coach to help new mumpreneurs sign their first clients using a high ticket offer. So hello, Meg. Welcome. Hello, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me here. It's, um, it's a real pleasure. Really pleased to be here. This is like the first time I've had someone on um the the show who's like a a little bit similar to what I do in fact you're probably one of the only people that I know who is a little bit similar to what I do so I'm really excited to have this conversation and um, tell me tell me about everything like how you started your business why you decided to get into it tell me it all lovely yeah will do um so I have so probably a similar story to lots of the other uh, members of your community is that I was working in a nine-to-five job I've got three kids and I took sort of six months mat leave and eight months mat leave with the the first two but I've been working full-time my entire career since I was 19 actually and you know the thing with being a mom it sort of changes everything in terms of priorities and time and it got to the point where I actually just I was still enjoying my career loving it so in kind of corporate sales and marketing really loved it but the family balance was just way off kilter and it really got to the stage where everything was a bit kind of felt like a bit house of cards <laughs> like you'd remove one thing and the whole thing would just come tumbling down which didn't feel good um so I decided to quit and I quit my rather nice corporate job um literally without a safety net without a plan of anything other than let's live on one salary let's see how we get along and let's just focus on the kids because we were both working full-time at that point so that's where it sort of started and then I realized I'm not full-time mum material at all (laughs) which is fine and hats off for those who are it's just I needed something for myself and to keep my brain engaged so I decided to set up doing 
LinkedIn training because I was actually at LinkedIn for three years. So I thought, oh, that's a bit of a no brainer. I'll just do workshops and all that kind of stuff. But this is the thing when you work for yourself, you realize pretty quickly if you don't love what you do, that becomes really tiresome. <laughs> so I'd actually just replicated my day job working for myself, essentially, which didn't feel amazing. So I actually thought, what's been the biggest challenge for me going from this whole journey of setting up my business? And it was literally just the, the setting up of the business. Like those six months to eight months of starting were really, really hard. And it brought up so many new different things that I just didn't expect. So then I had a bit of an aha moment and I thought, well, if I'm finding this hard, then I'm sure lots of other women will be finding it hard. So I'd love to help them do it better than I did. <laughs> so that's kind of where it came about. I'm terrible at LinkedIn. Do you think oh. that matters? Do you know what? I think everybody is. I worked there for three years and I would go into these big companies and they literally had no clue and they were paying so much money to do advertising literally no one knew how to use it it's a problem <laughs> everyone says to me like you need to use LinkedIn more Charlie you know there's so much going on in LinkedIn now and I saw everyone when the like LinkedIn stories came out and I'm just I'm not I've got a profile on LinkedIn but I'm not active there at all um and I'll do the occasional thing where you realize that that it's like a LinkedIn crowd and everyone starts asking <laughs> me about LinkedIn and I'm like oh no um but I, I, I want to be in there, but I sometimes feel like you can't do all of the social media things. What do, what do you think? How important is LinkedIn for, for someone like us? So it really depends. I know that's a really annoying answer, but it's such a goldmine, but you do have to work it and you have to work it in the right way. So it's a very different platform to Facebook where you can dive into a Facebook group like we all do, get chatting, know people, it's very natural, it's, it feels very easy. With LinkedIn, I think the opportunity is much broader for actual getting more visible, getting PR, getting networking opportunities that really raise your personal brand. So there's a very different angle. It's not like chummy chummy. I feel it's more of a professional, I'd love to join your network and see where we might collaborate kind of conversation but you can definitely get clients on LinkedIn for sure. I feel like it's just not my platform like I'm more <laughs> I'm more TikTok <laughs> than LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean and I think it's best to just admit that. Yeah I get 100% like I've barely to be honest I've barely used it um since I started my coaching business because I know where all of my clients are hanging out really they're on Facebook um so yeah. I'm if very you're going after mums they're going to be on Facebook or on Instagram these days aren't they um yeah. and, and knowing your ideal client is so important so I always say it's pointless spending all of these time like even Twitter um LinkedIn having a YouTube channel there's so many different options having a podcast doing TikTok whatever I, I don't feel like you can spread yourself so thinly that you're doing them all so yeah. I just think like if you love one do it and if you don't then don't but you need to do yeah. some obviously you can't just be like I hate them all <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> just be in person um no I totally agree and this is where I see so many people and I did in the first three four months I just tried to be everywhere and it you spread yourself really thin and plus you get really overwhelmed because you cannot be everywhere and do a great job 
and you can't be consistent everywhere. You you really need to master one. And once you've mastered one, absolutely smash it, go for the next one. Um, but yeah, those like one or two core platforms, I think are really important. So what platforms do you mainly use? Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, same for me. With a bit of TikTok in there, just for fun. Oh, I, um, <laughs> I don't know anything about TikTok. It scares me. <laughs> well my background is like in drama and singing so when TikTok came about I was just a bit like oh my god has this been sent from like the social media gods as the platform for me (laughs) oh I love that but yeah there we go um that's that's a whole different podcast um so you've got three children how old are they they are 10 8 and 20 months oh wow so have you had a baby whilst running this business? So he was born last February, so in 2019. So I quit my job at the beginning of 2018. Okay. Obviously then got pregnant um, just so I could miss that maternity pay. Obviously that was very well timed. But um yeah, so I had a baby and then thought, oh, this isn't enough. I think I should definitely start a business with a five-month-old or however <laughs> old. No, six months, I think he was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And how have you found that? How have you managed to juggle that? Um, I think it is a combination of, like, losing the plot, quite honestly, quite a lot of the time, um, trying to fit in work around nap time and finding the right support (laughs) and a mixture of those three because it's never going to ideally he'd be in nursery five days a week but he's in nursery one and a half days just as I'm ramping up because I'm investing in other things as you are um, in business so there is very much this balancing act that happens um it doesn't really work all the time you know I think any working mum who has a business you'll have those weeks that are just a bit of a write-off because something's happened, the kids are ill, you've had dentist appointments, you know, life gets in the way. But being really focused, and I think having that pure focus on actually the big actions that need to happen are three things and everything else can just go away is really, really helpful. And that's an exercise I do every week because if those three things have happened, I'm good, regardless of whatever whatever else gets like thrown my way. Yeah, and the thing that I found when I so Ernie is um, going to be four. He's going to be four in December, and I've been an entrepreneur since I was twenty one. So I've ran businesses without a family, and then come full circle, and it's so different. It's so. I found that such a challenge, like understanding how I would be a mum and run a business. I just didn't get it at first. And um, like you say about your child going full time to nursery, I almost feel like if you do that, then it's almost a scenario where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because the whole reason that we can be a mum entrepreneur and do all of this is because you know you can do the juggle can't you you can just work three days a week and that's what I do I just work three days a week have two days a week off with my little boy um during the week and that's amazing um but then if on one of those two days you're 
on the laptop for whatever reason you feel bad but then you think to yourself well he's not in nursery full time so you shouldn't do you know what I mean it's just like this endless and when Ernie was about 18 months I just decided I was just not going to feel guilty like whatever decision I made and it was like I, I felt free as soon as I made that decision it was like oh my gosh yeah I can just not feel guilty for whatever decision I make do you ever feel mum guilt how do you manage with that um, I don't feel mum guilt, actually. I'm quite good at having quite low standards for myself as a mother. <laughs> and when I say that, I'm very much... I love the, that. <laughs> I'm very much of the opinion they're fed, they're alive. That's pretty much my bar for the day. Um, sometimes they don't get fed proper meals. And like, this is going to make me sound dreadful, but, you know, a sandwich and some carrot sticks, mate you're golden so no I don't think I, I think I like you I think I sort of made a conscious de decision I think I felt more mum guilt when I was working full-time and commuting three hours round trip a day because I wasn't there for bedtime I wasn't there to pick them up from school that was worse but I didn't feel guilt I just felt really sad for myself that yeah. I was missing out on all this stuff um so no it wasn't so much guilt I knew that I couldn't be everywhere at all times you know and you can't be everything to everybody obviously I've never had the other side of it where I have been a full-time worker I think it's just that sometimes people expect that you have this amazing life where you just seamlessly juggle parenthood with um, work and I was like am I doing this right because it doesn't feel that easy to me um, but yeah it's interesting that you put it like that but um, actually my mum my who she always listens to this podcast so she'll laugh when she listens to this but I always say to her like you know, as you do as a grown-up, it's like pick up things that they did wrong when they were your parent. And she was like, I think I'm a fantastic mum. I was a fantastic mum. And I always think I need to take a bit of that and just tell myself, you know, I'm fantastic. Oh, yeah. We are what we tell ourselves we are, aren't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I've set that bar very consciously because I know I'm raising kids who are more resilient, they're more creative, they don't expect me to do everything for them, and I don't want to be you know, helicoptering or whatever that term is um, and obsessing about what they're doing 24 hours a day. They need to be left alone and to make mistakes. Yeah. Obviously not big mistakes like pulling the saucepan on their head off the oven. <laughs> but, clarify, we're talking, you clarify. know. <laughs> Um, but I agree like it, children I, I think children don't get the chance to be bored these days because parents mm. are so like oh we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this but actually like you say creativity comes from um, boredom sometimes yeah. doesn't it? Um, so let's talk a bit about sales because this is just my absolute favorite topic of conversation as you know and I've just sort of fallen into it and actually we got chatting on Facebook about um, sales that's how we got to know each other yeah, we did. so, <laughs> so um, talk to me about sales and why you think that's important and why you sort of chose that as your specialist subject as well yeah definitely um it's really important to me because I think it's the foundation of a successful business. It's like, end of story. I think if you have a really good attitude and approach to sales, then you'll have a successful business. And it's the one element that you just can't skip. It's the one element you can't gloss over or outsource. I see a lot of people wanting to have passive income and everyone's about, you know, just selling courses and they want 100% passive income because they don't want to 
actively have to sell, but you still actively have to sell something that's five pounds or five thousand pounds. So regardless of how passive your business model is, you're still going to have to overcome that hurdle at some point. So I really think it's like the cornerstone of being profitable basically. Um, and it's like a skill set. It's not one thing. It's not just, Oh, I've done a sales course. Now I'm, I'm done. It's just an entire, your, all your experience, all your skill set really goes into that whole process. So yeah, get really excited about it. Yeah, totally. It's like a muscle that you have to keep on flexing, don't you, in order to work it. And I, it really annoys me, actually, really annoys me that people think that anything in business is easy and that there's anybody out there telling people that Mm. business is easy and if anyone you know turns around to me and says I've got this idea and I think you know it'll sell itself no (laughs) there's just no such thing like if you want ease being an entrepreneur and running your own business isn't for you yeah a hundred percent I think there probably is some jobs out there that are are some jobs out there that are easy but running your own business isn't that (laughs) that is so true and Also, this whole kind of idea that having a lower priced offer will be easier to sell because it's just not true. The energy, the how you approach it is exactly the same if you're selling. So I started off selling a £37 online course that I was then going to price at a different price point. I put so much energy into selling it at £37 and it was really, really hard So now I've got a very different business model, but it's the same energy. So part of what I love to do is like get people to reverse engineer their dream life and dream business model and then figure out what to price their products to to make that work. Okay, I like this, but (laughs) Um, on the flip side, and obviously, you know, I'm not talking about anybody but like I've just seen people out there selling something that I just do not think can be worth that price that they're putting on it. Do you ever feel yeah. that sometimes people get a bit carried away with their high ticket price offering? Oh, that is an interesting point. Um, I'm sure they could. I'm sure there's something in this I don't know if you've come across this kind of manifestation and abundance mindset that keep that's whirling around at the moment. And someone who's done some money mindset um, practices and suddenly launches onto the scene with zero experience and goes, I'm going to price it at £30,000 because I believe I'm worth it. And there is like that element of like, you've got a solid money mindset, so congrats. <laughs> but also <laughs> you have to be sensitive to the market you can't be wildly outside the realms of possibility in in regards to your experience and the value you're offering. So I just think, look at it at when you're pricing something, do you know for sure the value is at least 10 times more than what you're pricing it at? Totally. And if it's not, then have a rethink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I like that because actually, you know, I could, I feel like I could go out there and charge a lot of money for something. Um, but I, if the person wasn't going to get a remarkable amount of value, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's all about your own feeling really aligned and feeling really comfortable with that number and feeling really behind that number energetically. And that, that sounds a bit spiritual and away with oh, no, the fairy. I'm down with it. 
yeah no I love it and you have to be so so rooted in that number and knowing that the value you're providing is so much greater than that number that selling it becomes really effortless that's what I loved and I think that's what it comes down to actually because um you know it is about selling something and I think at the beginning like you know this I only started the entrepreneurs growth club in March so although I've been an entrepreneur for a long time this is all very new to me and that's a question I get all the time like how much should I charge for something and the the truth is nobody knows knows. (laughs) so you can't tell somebody what that price should be no, absolutely. And I can guarantee that there is somebody selling what you sell for £10 and £1,000. Yeah. So, you know, you decide. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's it. But I think that um, that idea of making sure that you can get them 10 times what you charge them is such a good, that's such a good idea. And it's a, a good way of thinking about your pricing and how you should price yourself, really. Yeah. And also, I think a really powerful exercise to do for anybody who is launching a program or an offer that's more than, say, £1,500 or $1,500 is have you invested that much money in yourself? Because can you, with all authenticity and sort of integrity, be pitching this to people if you're, you haven't done that for yourself, if you haven't paid for that kind of transformation for your own life? And I think that's a really interesting point because you will find you'll get people on sales calls who have a lot of objections but if the objections are the same as your objections that you've had personally you'll kind of agree so you won't sell them (laughs) you won't you won't be sold on it so you'll be like yeah yeah it is a lot of money or whatever you know is coming up for you so it's a really great exercise to actually look at your own objections um, and see how that's being mirrored back to you so um do you do a lot of of that you do a lot of personal development business development yeah like I think having your own business I can't remember who said this but it's like the most steep personal development learning course you'll ever do in your life because it 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 doesn't nothing prepares you for the sort of beliefs that really come up as soon as you start thinking quite big and I think you've obviously been doing this for a lot longer than I have but I thought it would be easy dare I say it because I've probably been following too many people on Instagram who are like 10k months from the beginning um so it's not it's not easy but it's not complicated if you see what I mean it's hard but it can be simple um I think the effort level is hard yes but it's not necessarily like complex yeah 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 and I think just to go back to me saying about high ticket price I just feel like there's a lot of people out there who are like I'm a six-figure business coach I have a lot of issues with this I mean what even is a six-figure business coach um are are you coaching six-figure business people or are you earning the six figures I anyway also is that your top line or is that your profit so many so many questions so many questions and also like is that just a dream that you have or is that a current situation anyway um but what about like I always just want to give people I, I, I'm passionate about moving people from A to B like I, I don't want to like overpromise. I don't want to be like I just want to work with this top 10% like I don't care if you make necklaces or you paint pictures or you do you know a massive franchise business if you want to create more sales in whatever business you are in I'm fine with that I'm not gonna 
you know, specify whether you earn six figures, seven figures or two figures, quite frankly. And yeah. yeah, it's so true. And I think that's such a good point because people are told to niche down, you know, niche down, niche down. Yes, that's really powerful to know exactly who your perfect client or dream client is. But I see it more as a set of characteristics, not like they're earning £2,000 a month and they want to earn £10,000 a month. It's not that simple. It's actually just a set of characteristics and beliefs and actual belief in themselves. That's what it comes down to. So that's really interesting if you're like a coach or a consultant and you do have programs and packages that are more expensive. You don't want to just narrow it down by age or what they're earning or what they want to earn. It's really about mindset and it's about people that you know are going to put in the work. Because if you don't think you can get them results and they don't think they can get results, they won't. So it's less about you and it's 100% about them. But you have to help them believe that they can. Totally. So do you coach a lot of coaches? Does that make sense? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I do. And it's a weird one because I didn't set out to. um, And I also work with people who have product bases and, you know, network marketers. So I'm not exclusively for coaches, but this is what I love to talk about. This kind of premium offer thing is where I get really jazzed, if I can say that. It's really, um, (laughs) that's an old, makes me sound like I'm about 75, doesn't it? Um, (laughs) But I love talking about that because I think if you are a coach, you've got, and you do offer transformation, you're really helping someone's life. And I get really excited about helping people package that properly. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I, I started this whole thing as like a completely different thing. Do you know what I mean? And obviously this year has thrown so many challenges our way, but I, I started whatever you want to call that I do, um, the Entrepreneurs Growth Club. I started it because I wanted just to help people in business create more sales and it's become something else and then people started calling me a business coach and I was like whoa hang on there I'm just a girl that's all I am um (laughs) and you know there comes a point where probably I just need to step into that and go you know what um that's absolutely (laughs) fine I can deal with it um but it's funny isn't it because you know on paper like me and you might seem like we offer a similar thing but I think actually we are for a very different thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your approach is brilliant because it's so needed because people need the basics. People need the sales skills right at that start starting point of business. Like you said, depend, it doesn't matter if they're a franchise owner or they make jewelry, whatever it is, people need that solid sales, those that, that set of skills. Um, and that's such a needed thing. But then there are those people who are like, actually, maybe I do want to be a six figure coach, whatever that means. Maybe I do want to make £250,000 in turnover in a year or like, let's think about those goals. So that's where I'd love to think that I can help to kind of reverse engineer back from that big, big number. Yeah. And I I think because of this year and everything that it's thrown up is why I've actually, 
I think I always seem to get it wrong in business. I start at the wrong end or I end up doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I'm like, and then someone's like, have you got a niche? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just let anyone, anyone work with me. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I always think that, and I think it's worked well because of everything that's gone this year. You know, I just want to help people. And that's what I started out. And I think if it, if it starts out from a good place, it doesn't really yeah. matter what you do. Um, um, you know, if you've got a really clear niche, brilliant. If you haven't, that's fine as well. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, do what you love. And if, as long as it comes from a good place, it'll be fine. Um, so I have three questions that I ask at the end of every podcast. Um, and my first one is... Who inspires you? Oh, yes, that's a brilliant one. Um, do you know who really inspires me is actually any mum who has decided to make the decision to launch her own business because it takes so much, so much courage and it takes such a leap of faith that it actually makes me feel all the things. I think it's a really incredible thing and it's a really incredible thing to do for your family um and to get that freedom of time so yeah basically who I work with and for is who inspires me amazing and what about reading are you a big reader do you do lots of reading I am I do lots of reading I love me a, a normal book I don't really do kindle but I also love an audiobook so tell me about a book that's you know changed your opinion on something or changed your life or Change your life, yeah. <laughs> Anything. Tell me about what you like. So I love um, something called Tribe of Mentors, which is by Tim Ferriss. And it's like this collection of essays, almost, of all these questions that he asks these amazing business people. And it's literally a wealth of knowledge and practical, actionable stuff that you can think about. It's really thought-provoking. And it's like the best recommendation of reading material you'll ever hear, because he also asks all of these amazing business people what they what books have changed their life. So I love that. I so I've got a little list. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that I can be like, okay, I haven't read that one, one for the list. <laughs> love it. So I haven't read that one. So there we go, one for the list. Um, and finally, what is the one piece of advice you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? I think it would be when things seem like they're really, really not working and you're about to give up and you're about to look for a part-time job and sack it all in, don't. Figure out what's working, what's not working. Stand back from it and just be really curious and don't take it on as a failure of you. Actually just look at it a bit more analytically and go, what's working, what isn't working, what can I change and keep on going? Love it. So tell everybody who is listening, where can they find you? Where can they follow your journey? Where can they chat to you if they want to? Amazing. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at MRG underscore coaching. And I'm also on Facebook. I'm just Meg Roundall Green on Facebook. So I'm on my personal profile. I also have a Facebook community. And if you want to come and uh, figure out if you want to join that would be amazing it's called ambitious fearless entrepreneurs yes, so I am a part of that group it's lovely yeah. lovely would love to chat fabulous thank you so much Meg you have been brilliant awesome thank you so much for having me Charlie it's been a thank pleasure you. bye bye
I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. If you did, please like, subscribe and leave me a review. And don't forget to come and join the Entrepreneurs Growth Club over on Facebook, where I'm always sharing tips, tricks and ideas of how to make more sales in your business. I'll see you next time.